Episode 28, Mark Tyke, actor and comedian. I'm really excited today. I'm joined by uh, another Mike. That's going to the blooper. I'm Mark Graben. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes, but what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. This is episode 28. You can find links and more at markgraven.com slash mistake 28. And now on with the show. Well, hi, welcome to my favorite mistake. I am the mistake making Mark Graven. And that took some thought to not stumble through that. This is um, actually take two. I'm joined today by uh, another Mark, Mark Tyke. I called him Mike the first time through. Uh, Mark Tyke, I'm going to you know, introduce him and, and we're going to have a lot to talk about today. Um, a little bit of background. He's, he's worked for more than 20 years as an actor, comedian, writer, director, stage, TV, and film. Um, before I give you a little bit more of um, his resume, we actually both graduated from the same high school. Ye old Winston Churchill High School in Livonia, Michigan. So, pretty cool. It's great to be able to do a podcast with you, Mark. How, yeah, how you it's great. It's great. Thanks for having me, pal. This is this is a lot of fun. I mean, we it's it's been God. I mean, what we the last time we really had a chat was at the ten year reunion. I, I think. don't think I made the 10 year, so maybe the five year. Well, then I was hammered and I thought you were there. That's, well, that's the 10 year reunion. Like this gets off on a gloomy note, but um, because of 9 <laughs> no, 11, I couldn't. 9 11, that's right. For that. That's right. Right after 9 um, 11. So help me segue. Uh, it, it, yeah. 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 And then, no, it was, it was, uh, been a while. It, yeah. So it's, it, it has been a while. That's right. I, I, uh, I, for some reason, I was, I happened to be in Michigan. Right during right during that time because I was in I was in New York during nine eleven. Yeah. So yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh we we um yeah, we ran in different circles. So Mark was in uh, I think it's fair to say the highly acclaimed Kappa program, the Creative and Performing Arts Academy at our high school. Um I, I ran more in the uh, the geek math science computer program uh circles, but um I, I'm I'm used to looking up at Mark. <laughs> I look up to Mark because I was I was literally in the pit orchestra. That's right. For at least four high school musical productions where Mark was up on stage, and not one of them was Brigadoon, so I wasn't wearing a kilt. And if you were looking up, you would have seen everything and then some. Would have not, not not a mistake. No. Scarred scarred for life. More more scarred for life than a mistake. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I well, I'm going to try to be. Um, funny with a professional comedian. But um, if I remember right, Mark was voted in the yearbook, most likely to lose his hair and dance like MC Hammer in a Hallmark Cards TV commercial. Like that was strangely specific. Very specific, very specific and a, and a lot to live up to. I really had to like, it was, it was almost, it was almost Marty McFly-esque that I had to like start planting seeds as I was going through to the, uh, to the industry. And, and I'm glad you unlocked that life accomplishment. And thank you. Thank um, it, you know, there there are times randomly where I will see Mark on uh, my my television, 
Um, so before all of that, you know, I'll give you a little bit more of his background. Um, he honed his improv skills in Chicago and New York. He was in uh, famed troops like the Second City and Upright Citizens Brigade. Had a highly successful comedy career, culminating in four certified gold CDs, a certified gold DVD, two Comedy Central Presents specials. So I've seen and, and people may know of the stuff you've done with Stephen Lynch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, singing together, uh, great stuff. He also sold out Carnegie Hall. Uh, Carnegie Hall. Uh, yeah, I think I, I. Yeah, sold out. Sold out might be uh, you know stretching it a little bit. I th- I'm sure we there was somebody giving out some the la- those last few tickets up at the top, but but you Carnegie Hall Carnegie nonetheless. Hall. Yeah, but Carnegie Hall nonetheless. It was it was pretty amazing. Um, so Mark has been in uh, four Disney cable shows, um, like flipping channels in a hotel room. I normally skip past Disney Channel and a flip. And there, there's Mark playing the principal. If you stayed on those channels as you're alone in a hotel room, <laughs> this podcast is over. We have to stop this podcast. Cancel my podcast. Um, but he has also been seen in shows like Monk and New Girl, the movie Leatherheads, and and again uh, the commercials. So. Um, this happens a lot. I'm sitting there watching football. Here's Mark in a little Caesars ad. He's done ads for Dell, Subway, um, IHOP, Fidelity Investments. And then there's the, um, I think, would you say the, the Hallmark commercial is, is the, um, I, I think the Hallmark, yeah, we did a, we did a Hallmark commercial, gosh, probably about more than 12 years ago. And, and it was, it was, uh, voted funniest commercial that year. And, it had won some awards and it was, it was a lot of fun. So much so that, um, well, this is, you, you mentioned IHOP. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a twofer. Yeah. Um, so much so that if you watch, if you look up on YouTube, you look up Hallmark hammer, uh, you can see me as MC hammer doing, going through the motions and I, and I could dance all those moves. I, I actually, I was the only guy in LA that was had like that dad look, the young dad look, <laughs> that could dance so much so that I didn't even get to go to the callback and the guys that were at the callback knew me. And one of the guys was just like, Hey, just let Tyke do this. Okay. And, and so uh, they, they ended up hiring me for that just based off of everybody else's frustration. But <laughs> my point is uh, the IHOP commercial and the hammer commercial, both people are both, uh, both commercials um, on YouTube. You can find in the comments that either people think, that my head was superimposed onto a black man's body for the MC Hammer commercial, yeah. or they just thought I was a black person. In the IHOP commercial, I was completely painted like a coin uh, in, in this commercial, and they, people thought it was uh, racist that a black guy was going in silver face. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and then one of, my students, uh, one of my students kept typing into the YouTube channel going, I know this guy, he's a white guy. He's a white, no, wait, you guys. It was the funniest thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm loved, loved by, or hated by, uh, by just people that don't know what my body looks like. I don't know how to, end, I didn't know how to end that part. Yeah. Yeah. Not really sure. yeah. yeah. So, um, we, people can Google that. Yeah. People can Google that. How about that? That's a good ending. I'm not yeah, uh, what your body looks like part, but the, the commercials. <laughs> I, I'm sure if you look hard enough, you'll find something. <laughs> Um, and uh, Mark is also um, currently starring as Uncle Vin in a, a series called The Finchers, presented by Visonic. We'll talk about that later on. There's kind of an yeah. interesting hybrid sitcom commercial endeavor. 
yeah, that's, that's the, that's, I think that's the best way to put it. It's, uh, it was, uh, it started off as one thing and now it's, it's kind of turned into this thing that's way bigger than me. I mean, you know, but it's, it's crazy. I mean, even here, I hold on. All right. So this is the New York times here. Yeah. And, uh, gloomy 2020 looking back and then this was the this was the full page article full page uh thing in the new york times wow uh yeah so i mean (laughs) with the open robes uh, that'll get you canceled too exactly or it'll get me more seasons you know i don't i don't know i'm hoping i'm hoping it's more of a boogie nights thing than a uh, you know (laughs) than a lebowski thing so yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, thanks for accepting the invitation here because I saw you know Mark is doing a press promo tour, and I hope this isn't a mistake. This is like your crappiest promo. No, it's it's literally a mistake. I mean, you wanted it to be a mistake, so we're making it all happen. So the, it is uh, it's all a giant tie-in to the mistake that is my life. So yes, life is but a series of mistakes. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So 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 on that note. Um, you know, Mark, what, what would you say? I mean, you know, of all the different mistakes that we all make, I've made a couple already today, but like, what, what's the most meaningful? What, what would you consider to be your favorite mistake? Oh gosh. Um, I, I think it was, I think it was my choice to be, uh, initially to be a follower than a leader. I think, I think that was, if, if I can, if I can general, really generalize it and then We'll, we'll kind of break it down. Yeah. I think I had that, and you might not have gotten that in high school from me because I know that even me looking back, I, I was coming across more of a, a confident person and a leader and everything, but I was always looking to follow in the footsteps of something, whether it was, whether it was my best friend from back in the day who was a couple of years older than me that I was kind of like, okay, I see where I see his path and I like that path. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I just kind of continue to do what he's doing and that, so it's, it's, I think that that's the case for a lot of people. And I think some people might think that's, well, that's just emulating people that you admire or, you know, a hero or, you know, for comedians, you know, you're, you always get your voice from imitating other people's voices, um, of people that you admire. And, um, but I think, I think if I would have stayed more on the track of, uh, of really looking within mm-hmm. and out, I think it would have, uh, it would have been a different path. That being said, and I, and I'll, and I'll tell you this, I don't know if you feel this way and I don't know if, you know, the 10 of the people that are listening to this right now feel this way, but, um, I always feel for the most part, I was at the right place at the right time for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like 1988 to 1991, Churchill High School, there have never, never been better years of that high school than the time that I was at that high school. For some reason, I, I feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. like we, did, we did some great stuff at that point in time. And I look back and I look back at, at – at, particular years of things. And I was like, Oh, I was at that. I was at that place during that time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really lucky. And I'm, I'm all about, you know, chalking that up to being completely delusional and going, well, that just, you know, sure. That was a great time for you, but it might not have been a great time for, for anybody else. But um, yeah, you're asking me the question. So yeah. why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I say that? So I, feel no, very, I mean, but you know, there were a lot of really talented kids in that high school. I, I agree. I agree. And I, and I got to work with a lot of those talented people. And then, you know, the professional, professional um, theater that I was doing outside of high school during that time. I mean, I was in a group, I was in a group in high school as a children's theater group in Detroit and it was called the peanut butter players. And it was Detroit's number one family entertainment. And, uh, and people in that cast, one was Danny Gerwin who was in uh, multiple things on Broadway. Another was Celia Keenan-Bolger, who just won the Tony for, mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Sorkin's new Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. The other was Sutton and Hunter Foster. Sutton Foster is on Younger, and she's won multiple Tony Awards. Hunter, her brother, the same thing. He's done multiple things on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Me, Sure, me. I'll put myself in that category. And th- there was a, a whole bunch of other talented people. There's uh, this guy Ian. He's on. He's got. He's got the lead on a, a Disney. Well, he's got. He's he's the dad on a Disney Channel show mm-hmm. right now as well. So it's it's amazing. Like yeah. I was. I just happened to be lucky enough to be around those people. Um, Judy Greer was a couple and, of years and, behind. And Judy. Judy was a year younger than we were. Yeah. And Ju- Judy it was Judy Evans back then. Right. Now it's Judy. And now it's Judy Greer. And Judy Greer is oh, killing it. Yeah. Killing it right. She's she's so famous. She's in my friend's wife's sewing circle that they do on Zoom now. <laughs> or knitting circle. They're knitting. They're not sewing. I've gotten some I've gotten some shit from well, it, it says on your website when we get back to your story that you yeah. so like you're that guy from that thing. Well she's mm-hmm. been for a while that, that woman from that thing. Like and Absolutely. she's everywhere and now people I think know her name. Um, more often, but so you had some great examples, um, right? So, I mean, you know, being, I mean, you talk about uh, admiring and emulating people that doesn't sound so bad on the surface, but you, you, you kind of allude to, well, at some point you, you kind of realize, well, maybe that you had your own path in you or how did tell, tell me more about that. Yeah, I think I, but I only think from, from experiencing that, from experiencing, oh, I want to see it was, it was a safety net for a lot, a lot of things, because, you know, if you've got like, I'll go back to my, my, my best friend, he was, he was going down that theater path, the music theater path, the performing path. He was two years ahead of me. So that is, if you look back at it, that is a great, that is a great, you go first, let me see what happens. Mm -hmm. And if you fall into some pit of despair, at least that won't happen to me because I'll see from your mistakes what's what's happening from those things so i was looking at it from that kind of perspective and um now looking back i i think that uh i think that was a little bit more fear-based than smart being being oh god that's i'm just using the word smart and then can't figuring out the words but you know be you know uh, i don't i don't think that was the the smartest thing for me to do i think taking the risk and taking the chance and uh, would have been, would have made my choices and my decisions a little bit more fruitful, mm. even though it was champagne safer. problems. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what we can well, say? No, it was safer to follow yes. someone else's examples. Of course, of course. And, but I mean, 
how do I, how would I even possibly know that it, it, at the time Yeah. versus, versus, you know, just kind of looking, looking at that. So I think, I think that's more of a, that's, I think that's, I don't chalk that up to a regret because I, that's what I was going to say before. These are all champagne problems because I, I've had a, I've, I, I've had and continue to have a incredibly interesting, uh, mildly successful career where, um, and looking back, if I really want to look at it with other people, comparison wise to other people, I've lived more lives than I should have been allowed to. How about that? You know, because I've, I've gotten to do some really some fun stuff so far. So what, what do you think would have been, um, the turning point of, you know, as you said, to, to follow your own path and not follow, or when, when did you start carving out your own path? I think it was, it wasn't until I was almost through my twenties. Mm -hmm. I think I was, I was coming upon 30 and it was because I was getting pushed. I, um, I'm happy about it, but I was, I was really, um, hurt and kind of resentful for it by uh, Stephen Lynch, who's, you know, my, one of my dearest best friends. And, you know, he was, he, and the ringleader of all, all that music. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely have a, I, ha, I definitely have a small hand in it, but you know, he's, it, it was his baby and, and, and that's great. And I'm, I'm happy to be I'm happy to be a part of the whole thing. But at the same time, he, he knew that, you know, just like some, uh, just like some proud grandmother, he knew that I had it in me and I could do a lot of stuff on my own. I didn't have to rely on his, him or his coattails mm, to, uh, to, to kind of propel myself forward. And, and it was, he was kind of, he, he kind of, <clears throat> he didn't end things, but he kind of cut the cord a little bit. Like, you know, this is my thing. This is your thing. You know, I love that we're doing our thing together, but really look into your thing as well. Yeah. So, and then I just like, just like um, any person that's been dumped, I changed my hairstyle and moved away. So uh, <laughs> the hair changed. <laughs> the hair didn't change. I was, I, I was you know, yeah. but at that, but at that time I was already, I was, I'd already lost all my hair. So um, yeah. And so I, I moved to LA and um, I, I was, I was lucky enough to work with, um, um, one of my buddies, uh, my friend Lance Barber, who plays the dad now on Young Sheldon, mm. uh, who was also Polly G in uh, in uh, the comeback, which is Lisa Kudrow's thing, which is mm -hmm. awesome to watch, but super super uncomfortable to watch. He's uh, he's in that, but um, his manager Joel um, brought me on, and we worked together for about a year, and. Um, and it was a good, it was a, it was a nice, good start. And I, I kind of, kind of got my legs out here and then, you know, I've bounced around to different representations and different managers. And I've got, I've got people that I've, I've worked with and had good relationships with and, uh, and then, and people that uh, we no longer work together, but you know, it was like a handshake or a high five and we're like, glad we got to do this. So yeah. luckily for me, I, I, I've, I've kept my nose pretty clean. I don't have much, I don't have much or any bad blood in this, in this town, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Off of uh, TMZ. 
I did. I did. And with, you know, TMZ is, is, is the, is the most, uh, that's the most dramatic show of, the, of, of every show on television, the, the way that they're spinning everything. That's, I think that's, I think it's awesome. It's, it's, that's, that's a completely other side of, uh, of, um, the business that I, I had no desire to be a part of I mean, the whole fame thing. Did you ever want to be famous? No, I mean, no, no, I wanted to, I wanted to accomplish things, but it's, you know, it's, that's, you know, nowadays, I mean, there's the old, my adaptation of the old Andy Warhol-ism of everyone has 15 minutes of fame. I think now everybody is famous to 15 other people. So like, you know, from, from writing books and doing podcasts, um, I'll, I'll go to a conference and I'm famous to somebody. Sure. And they're excited Absolutely. to meet me and they might be looking at me from across the room and afraid to come over and say hi. But then I'm feeling that exact same way about someone else in the room. Like, oh yeah. And that's, and that's great. Within professional um, circles. And um, so I've learned, you know, to, 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 to be gracious, you know, when people say nice things and, and not sure. say, no, no, I mean like, you know, it's just thank you. And I appreciate that. And, yeah. and so um, I think so that-, that there, there, there is that little component even within my circles of um, dealing with quote unquote fame. Sure. I never thought about it. Yeah. It, well, it's as long as you keep the other person involved in the whole thing versus them, versus them just shouting praise at you. Right. If you, if you bring them into the fold and, yeah. and make it, make it a little bit more human, then that's, that's the best thing you can possibly do. Cause when Steven and I were at our height of that and we were touring around the world and everything and these people would come up to us and just you know and it's you know to you it's on to the person that they're coming up to it's kind of unbelievable they're just you're just like why are you why are you in this much awe of what we're doing and and but as long as you make them human and they start mm-hmm. talking to you everything everything kind of subsides and it's it's nice yeah i mean when i've met you know they say sometimes don't meet your heroes and i've met some professional heroes and the nicest thing, and I'll try to pay this back and emulate it when I'm in that position, is when um, you know they ask sincere questions about yeah. about you. Yeah, that's. I think that's the smartest thing that you can do. And you know, and and the questions are not which of my books did you like best. That's you know, not not a good example. I uh, I would only hope that uh, you'll you'll do that callback to me when somebody comes up to you. And where we happen to be together, and you, and you, and you absolutely do that to the person that comes up to to you at that time. Um, no, it's more likely when things uh, get back to normal. If we're out for a drink, someone's going to recognize you. But no, no, I mean we put odds on that. I mean that's possible. So I mean with this beard and these glasses and this hat, nobody can recognize me at this point. I am I am a walking disguise, clearly. Um, so gosh, and so in in you know in the entertainment realm, I mean I guess you know they're our potential mistakes and in interacting with someone coming up and fawning um, over you. But um, what, I'm, I'm curious, you know, for anyone who does sales, so like as a consultant or, you know, you're competing against others and you may have to go give a presentation and we don't call it an audition. Right. But, you, know, it's, you, know, you, you hear, you know, the actors of um, going through this, you know, these audition cycles and there's a lot of rejection. And do you, I, I was curious if you could talk about that. And do you often feel like, well, you know, you didn't get a role because of some mistake you made or it's just it, you can't get every role? I'll put it this way. I mean, you can get every role. That's that's there is 
there there are odds that you can get every role. You look at and and it's there's always a unicorn. There's always going to be a couple unicorns here and there, and they're unicorns for a reason. They're because they're freaking magical. You know, Donald Glover is a unicorn. He's yeah. a he's a unicorn. He's just he's he's an amazing talent that went and was like, oh, I'm going to try this. And he writes it down and he all of a sudden he does stand up yeah. and he's better than people that have been doing stand up for 30 years. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to try this. And he does, he does music. And you're like, wow, how, you know, so, so yes, there are there, you can get every job. That being said, there is, it's just like, just like sales, just like writing, just like anything. It, the, the entertainment business is exactly the same of all these other things, except like what you said, people recognize you more because, you know, because your dumb face gets on the newspaper or, or, you know, you're in t- on TV or something like that. Yeah. But um, when it comes to, when it comes to getting the job and getting auditions, the best thing that you can do is exactly the same thing that you would do in a presentation in sales or putting your, putting your heart onto the page when you're writing or something like that, as long as you're doing that versus, versus not doing it, you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, when you go to an interview or a a meeting or an audition Mm -hmm. and you're not into it, hung over. So, you know, when, you know, like whatever, whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. And if you walk out of there and you're like, Oh yeah, I, I totally put my, my best foot forward. Well, you're either telling yourself the truth or you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. at that at that point in time. And the best way um, that I can describe it is when when I was doing when I was doing Leatherheads, Clooney George Clooney was uh, directing and he written the whole thing, and we'd have a lot of downtime. I was I was doing I was doing uh, I was one of three guys. We're we're barely in the movie, but I was one of it was me and Michael Malley who is in a ton of stuff. And then Christian Stolte, who is like the older guy on Chicago fire now. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was the three of us kind of playing, but we'd have a lot of downtime and in the downtime, everybody would want to come over and hang out with us because we'd be, we'd just be bullshit the whole time. And so Clooney would come over to us. And then there's the guy that played the, the uh, editor was like this old, awesome dude. And he had this, I mean, like my beard doesn't even do his beard justice. He was, it was like this magical being. And he would give us all these tips of wisdom. And he goes, he goes, this is how auditioning is. Um, It's, it's like house money. Do you know what house money is Mm -hmm. in in Vegas? So, so in Caesar's palace, you get Caesar bucks for getting there and you get a hundred dollars worth of Caesar bucks. Where can you, where can you spend those Caesar bucks? (laughs) Caesar's. Caesar's palace. Right. right. You can't spend them anywhere else. Right. Can't do it anywhere else. So if you go to a blackjack table, you put a hundred dollars down of Caesar bucks and then you win another hundred dollars on top of that. What have you won? You've won that hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Plus you still get your Caesar bucks back. And until you lose all that Caesar bucks, mm-hmm. you haven't really lost anything. Right. Yeah. So when you go into the audition, the audition is somebody giving you those monies Mm. to go into that audition some for some reason somebody wanted you to come into that room Mm -hmm. and getting into that room is harder than anybody thinks it is Mm. because there's thousands of people that they that they look through 
And then the agent does submissions. And then there's hundreds of people that are doing through that. And then there's, you know, a hundred people auditioning for the role. So when you're going in there, everybody wants you to do well. Mm. Uh, You know, I I think people get too caught up in movie culture where there's some hand wringing evil person that wants you to F up. Yeah. For the most part, everybody wants you to do well Mm -hmm. in a TV show or a commercial thing. They want you to do well so that they go fine. Finally, he, he or she gets it, Mm -hmm. you know, and they seem cool enough that we can hang out with them in a, in a business meeting. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Great. He or she's saying exactly what we were hoping that they would say that we could get this done and we can get, and we can get the heck out of there. I mean, I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, and right. And invited to that pool is there are parallels in business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're spending that money, if you're putting all that money out there, that effort, that, you know, thing to get in there to spend it, then when you walk out, the only thing that you can win from that is the job. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're, you're not walking out of there going, oh, I, I messed up or something like that. You put all that money down that they had, they'd given you that money down. I hate using quotation figures, but that, that money down and you're, you've done everything that you can do. If you've done that and, and you're not lying to yourself, then you haven't made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And I've been in the position where I haven't, I put down 80%. I put down 60%. I think people have been in that and, and, the only one that's to blame is you for that. Mm. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And luckily, luckily you get it. That muscle starts to grow and you, you, you know how to use it. You know how much to flex it. Yeah. And, and uh, you work it. It's, it's, it's all finesse after that. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. So our, our guest again is Mark Tyke. He is the author of the new self-help book. You can get every role. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yes, I want to. Hopefully, hopefully, when you're doing this, a little graphic pops up right here and you know. mock something up. Mm-hmm. Talk about <laughs> graphics in uh, presentations. I'm sure one other thing I may have pestered you on Facebook about this, but I was at, I think it was the Lean Startup Conference. Okay. Somebody, you know, very you know, serious uh, kind of a California Silicon Valley type event, and somebody was giving a talk, and and the, you know, the, all the slides are just pictures to illustrate some sort of point. Well, there you are in like. I think it was a uh, a stock photo of of you in a suit and tie, or I don't know if it was a clip from some program. I guess if you posed for stock photos, you would know that. Or... I would know it. it I'm sure I, it probably wasn't a stock photo. Uh, it was probably something that um, that he had just he had just pulled for this presentation. I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe I should ask him for a, a residual. Yeah, because he, because he used me in the presentation. That's their mistake for not. I mean, I mean, did you pay to go? Did you pay to go there? I did. Well, then I I am clearly owed some money. We'll we'll talk to your uh, representation, but maybe it was a grab from a commercial. Yeah, where, probably. Was. Like you were sitting in like it looked like a boardroom in a shirt and tie. Uh, I, that's that's, and once again, champagne problems. That's one of that's one of twenty yeah. uh, spots I've done where I'm I am the. I'm the flustery, blustery, shirt too tight, tie only going down to his nipples, boss. <laughs> in your in your clip reel, that is, that is sort of a thing for you. The tie yes. that only comes down, way it's 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 way the way too short tie. It's you know, I mean, why why be that why be that burly one twenty eight that I was in uh, 
in high school when I can when I can blow up to a, a festive 190, you know, and by 190, I probably mean about 205. So, <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of making it big, um, you're <laughs> I'm talking you know with I'm talking work, not yeah, size. fat. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, well, we do see a lot of you in the Finchers, and, and again, like you, that, that robe, you got to keep that robe. Oof. In, um, playing I mean, for, Go ahead. for war for wardrobe though, it's pretty sweet because <laughs> if, if all I got to do is throw on a robe every day for this thing, God bless, I love it. Yeah. So, so tell us more about um, the Finchers and um, what, what what you know how that came to be, and and that's an interesting project. It's it's definitely an interesting project. Uh, if you want to see it, I'm sure you'll you'll mention it, but it's at thefinchers.com right now. ViewSonic, well, it, there's there's always been a corporation behind, you know, I mean, TV and film. I mean, that's it's TV was invented for the purposes of advertising. It wasn't invented for entertainment. So, ViewSonic, which is a monitor company. So back when back when we were kids and we were buying our Apple IIe, you didn't have to get an Apple monitor. You could get a ViewSonic monitor. You could get any of these things. This company's been around forever, and they started by selling monitors to the general public. And then they started going into businesses and then they became this billion dollar company. And so they didn't have to sell to um, regular people anymore. Mm -hmm. And once uh, this whole uh, uh, pandemic hit, they were like, Oh, we can start selling to the people again. And they have these amazing monitors that are all like incredible, like touchscreen type stuff. It's if you haven't seen some of the stuff that they have, it's ridiculous. Like, like even even their projectors, these streamlined projectors that um, if you've got a blank wall in your house, it looks better than any flat screen. So, so in that first episode, like the product integration. Yeah. So um, they're doing a lot of, one of those projectors. Yeah. So they were doing a lot of product integration and and they're they're creating they're creating a sitcom around the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And at first, I think it started like, oh, this is kind of a cute thing. And now they are just pushing the envelope. They are they're just going, let's see how far we can go with this and, and see if somebody, um, somebody really grabs onto it. So for that, it's been, for that, it's been a lot of fun. And I play the wacky uncle. Yeah. So I, I can't complain. I live in, I live out in, you know, the, uh, uh, an area similar to Topanga Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, very hippy dippy, you know, uh, Topanga is where Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa live. They're, they love yeah. their, they love their turquoise, you know, and they love their, <laughs> They love their teeth that they found by the beach or something like that. Hopefully not human teeth, right? <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, so and I have a yurt and a ferret, and I don't wear many clothes. So, so um, the uh, yeah, so the uh, the finchers dot com and yeah, um, yeah, you know, I've been able to watch um, some of this online. But we say it may really turn into something like. Um, one of the uh, you know hyped uh, comedies, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Ted Lasso, that started off as a series of thirty-second commercials for NBC. And dude, I I've known Jason forever. I mean, yeah. when I was when I was coming up in Chicago, um, he was he w- he came in a, a little bit after me, um, and even though he was a legacy, he was you know he's George Wentz's uh, nephew, mm-hmm. but uh, he's. Uh, nobody ever knew that. I mean, he, he came in like a, you know, like a, like a house on fire. He was, he was amazing. And then um, some of all, all of our, our buddies that we have in common, like um, 
if you've watched Ted Lasso, uh, the guy that plays his other coach, Brandon is, is an old friend of all of ours. And wow. they, they kind of conceptualized this whole thing with, um, I believe a writer from SNL named Joe Kelly. And, um, and yeah, it was all based on those commercials and, and have you watched the season? I've just seen the first two episodes Dude, it's, it over the holidays. It's so good. It's so good. And it's, and it's like, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and I'm, I'm such a sucker for um, crying at, at um, acts of acts of charity, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether it's to a person that they've always wanted to do something and that type of charity. Oh man, just crying my eyes out. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. So um, oh, this has been uh, a lot of fun to hear um, some of your perspectives, Mark, on, um, like you say, a very interesting career and um, great things that you've done. Um, our, our guest has been uh, Mark Tyke. Uh, his website uh, is marktyke.com. Yep. If you want to see more of, uh, of his work? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. And, and uh, Instagram, I'm marktyke111. Uh, and uh, you can check all that stuff. I'm sure he'll have the the spelling of my name. Cause it's, it's absolutely impossible to spell uh, from there. I appreciate you having me on. This was fun, dude. I appreciate you accepting the invitation. That was a lot of fun. So um, again, check out the finchers.com mark tyke.com T E I C H the pride of Churchill high school. Livonia, oh, Michigan. Right back at you kid. Right back at you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to pause and think about your own favorite mistake and how learning from mistakes shapes you personally and professionally. If you're a leader, what can you do to create a culture where it's safe for colleagues to talk openly about mistakes in the spirit of learning? Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. See you next time.